we said. The Press Box. Well, howdy, stranger. It is the return of the Press Box podcast. Mike Grace for my partners, Chris Stewart and J.D. Byers. And we've been away for a while. Yours truly suffering through a breakthrough case of COVID-19 for a while there. Had Kind of had me on my backside, but uh, better now. And back Adam Strong here inside the Press Box podcast. A chance to offer you up just a slice of what you can hear each and every day on great radio stations around the state of Alabama and online 24-7 at PressBoxRadio.com. You can go there, check the affiliates page to find the station nearest you. On the episodes page, you can hear the show on demand or simply press the listen button to hear the Press Box anytime, 24 hours a day seven days a week. A sample from our latest program involves Alabama football and now the sideline reporter for the Crimson Tide Sports Network, Rashad Johnson, kind enough to join us inside the press box. He's, uh, as I said, one of my favorite people, a guy who's one of the great stories of of the Nick Saban era. Uh, Came to Alabama as a walk-on running back, left as an All-American DB, and then spent eight years in the National Football League collecting one of those nice checks good man good dad good friend Rashad Johnson what's going on buddy Chris Stewart going well man how about yourself glad to be on Uh, always good that was that was the best part of the weekend for me getting a chance to uh see my broadcast brothers (laughs) again I hadn't seen you in a while over there in the ATL but enjoying enjoying life again I see yeah man definitely enjoying life uh girls are getting big I have a one-year-old coming up this month on the 14th um so that's exciting but like you said man it was great to be back in the booth you know seeing yourself uh john parker eli and the whole crew and get a chance to you know see the tide up close and personal man it was a lot of fun this weekend okay a one-year-old coming up rashad it's jd danimobile not JD, a sports how's it question. Going? Uh, great i i gotta it's not a sports question but do you guys no. do when you do a one-year-old birthday party having kids who've been one already do you guys do the the cake just for the child and let them just dig their hands Smash and cake. in it? What's yeah, it no doubt. You got to have that picture. That's kind of like a classic, you know, you didn't have a birthday at the kid and put cake on his face or her face. <laughs> the the smash cake. I yes. Think, I've heard it. I've heard it. You called. have to Here's smash the cake. Move. For sure. It's two cakes. If you, and, and you can bank on this, if you do that cake, the odds are they're not going to make a major mess unless you put their hands in it first. But if you don't do that cake, they will destroy the other one, and then nobody's going <laughs> to eat the other. That's, that's exactly that's how, how it goes. That's how veteran dads work. Hey, uh, what we do on this show, a lot of it is, yeah, we'll talk about what happened on a game, but we, we, we have some conversations like we have in the booth and also talk a little background stuff. You're one of the, to me, one of my favorite stories – of of Alabama football period, but especially the Nick Saban era. Walk us through your arrival in Tuscaloosa and what led to you becoming the Rashad Johnson that would wind up with in the NFL for eight years. You you were not the typical five star can't miss guy. And you actually came to Alabama without Nick Saban being the man, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely, you know, like you said, it wasn't the, the typical story. Um, and I guess just walking you to, uh, my, you know, acceptance to come to Alabama or them accepting me to come to Alabama, um, was, you know, it, it wasn't hard. You know, I had a few offers out there on the table, uh, UNA, uh, West Alabama, uh, in the Citadel, you know, which is military regimented. You make your bed up every day. So that was out of the window for me. Cause I'm still struggling with that today. 
So <laughs> just, <laughs> just not a not not a good decision. Um, and then you know I had some uh, friends of mine that were local to the community who uh, had been to the University of Alabama. One who actually had been a walk-on on the roster at a time, and he had a friend of his who was the running backs coach, Sparky Woods, at that time under Coach Shula. Um, and he just believed in me. He said, man, I think you can do this. You know, my dad was the same way. Um, and we went and visited a game, you know, and I was sitting in the stands, man, watching the Tide. You know, growing up, being in the state, I always was a fan. I never had been to a game until my senior year in high school. Um, and, you know, so I'm there sitting in the stands watching. Um, and there's just just spark on the inside of me that says, man, I can do this. Um, and we're riding home and my dad, you know, he asked me, he's like, man, how are you feeling? You know, we visited all the other places, you know, those schools are paid for, you know, I know this is a little bit of a different experience, but how are you feeling? And I just looked at him and I said, man, I can do it. Um, he was like, you sure? He was like, I can do it. He was like, all right, you know, let's make this step. And, you know, so for me, uh, from that point on, man, it was all about preparing and preparation, man. I'll never forget, you know, my dad was, you know, preparing me in the summertime, making me work out, you know, in the fields up at Sullivan High School, uh, knowing what I was going to walk into, me not really knowing, you know, uh, how tough it was going to be. But I'm glad he did prepare me the way he did. I mean, I went through the Coach Shula era, you know, as a walk on initially, you know, playing special teams, just earning my keeps, you know, trying to earn respect from the next man, you know, beside me. Um, and then before you know it, uh, Coach Shula and those guys, two years into this thing, uh, offered me a scholarship. Um, and then he lost his job, you know, right after that, that summer. Uh, and Coach Saban came in that fall. Uh, and then, you know, and the rest was history, man. I got a chance to sit on the coach, you know, Saban's toolage at, at the safety position. I switched over from running back to safety. Um, and, you know, things kind of, you know, just went on from there, man. It was it was a, it was a huge, huge opportunity, man, a great blessing. And, you know, I took so many lessons from the whole entire journey, you know, the first one is that you got to have faith. You know, you got to believe in yourself. Um, and then after you begin to believe, man, you got to you got to put the work in. And it, it doesn't you know, help you just to have faith. But, uh, you know, there always is required some work on your behalf to to make that faith, you know, become some type of action. So uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, that everything's turned out the way it is. And now I'm back, you know, on the sideline, you know, in the booth with you, Chris, man, and, and calling the games every weekend. Uh, the University of Alabama has been great to me, uh, you know, just by making a decision to come there. Well, you've been great for the University of Alabama, too, because I think you're one of I think you're one of the great stories because you didn't fall in love with this Alabama. You fell in yeah. love with that Alabama because that yeah. Alabama was a net was a name and a history. It wasn't a present tense powerhouse when you chose to come to Tuscaloosa. Totally. I totally agree. It wasn't, you know, like you said, it wasn't a powerhouse, um, you know, hadn't been to the SEC uh, championship since 99, you know, or national since 92 at that point. Um, and, you know, for me, like you said, it was it was the, the history, you know, the legacy behind it, you know, in state kid, you know, uh, just, you know, fighting for a chance. And then so when I got that chance um, and I remember my senior year, you know, myself, John Parker, uh, Antoine Caldwell, Nick Walker, you know, just to name a few of the guys, man, we were sitting down uh, at um, at Rama Jamas. I'm sure we all had some good, you know, pancakes and oh, yeah. eggs there at one point in time. And we were talking, you know, that offseason heading into our senior year. 
um, and Coach Saban had just taken over, and we were talking about, you know, the mark that we wanted to leave. You know, we had never beaten Auburn uh, in our time, you know, here. Uh, hadn't been back to that, you know, national prominence per se. You know, in the Shula era, we, we got there one season, but we kind of fell off at the end of the year, but never held that dominance throughout. Um, so for us, we made a decision, man, that we were going to buy in and we were going to commit, you know, to whatever coach was bringing to the table um, and then commit to each other. Um, and we held each other accountable, man, at a really high level. And I think that standard just began to roll over from, you know, the coaches coming in with their thought process giving it to the players and then the players taking ownership and now passing it along, you know, to the next guys, to the Mark Ingrams, to the Julio Joneses, you know, and then they pass it on to the Kenyon Drakes, you know, and the Mari Coopers. And then now we're seeing, you know, the Treshawn Holdens uh, and the Jamison Williams and the Bryce Young. So it just began to trickle down, man. I'm just so happy that we were able to, to get in and do that dirty work uh, and help this legacy, you know, that we knew was prominent, you know, before be back to as, as dominance like it is today. You know, that explain hearing you tell that story about Ramajamas and, and you and JP being among the guys that that were there, it explains so much of what I see when you when you and John Parker greet each other each week, but especially, you know, Saturdays, first time you guys probably had seen each other in a while. The the brotherhood that you guys feel. You guys came from both from the state of Alabama. Very mm-hmm. different communities, different backgrounds, and yet you came together, and you can tell that bond is still there. And I can only imagine the pride you guys feel in watching this version of Alabama now, understanding. Because I tell people all the time, you guys may not have SEC championship or national championship rings, but everything that we're seeing and enjoying today really started with your group. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to the, the seniors the year before y'all, which were Coach Saban's first team, but y'all showed that winning big could happen again at Alabama because you were right there on the doorstep. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, unfortunately for all of our other senior comp- compadres, they don't have, you know, national championship ring, but John Parker and I and myself, we got a chance to get some in 2020, which I'm so thankful for being a part of the broadcast. Uh, and those right. things are pretty. And it was like a, you know, a huge kind of reflection back. Because uh, I remember, like you said, I always thought about that, man. That's something that's been on my heart, on my chest for years. You know, since 2008 that we lost the SC Championship game, you know, that we didn't win rings. You know, we didn't get that opportunity. Uh, and God has a funny way of working things out and, uh, and blessing you on the back end of things and telling you that you were a champion all along. Um, but like you said, man, we, you know, we committed, man. And um, watching, you know, those guys today, uh, it, it means a lot, you know, to see them be back to the the prominence and then the brotherhood that they're creating each and every day. You know, watching uh, it was uh, Patrick Sertan and, you know, Jalen Waddle and those guys like they have their special knit, just like John Parker and myself. You know, we we went through, you know, some trials, you know, and we went through some great times and we ended up, you know, finishing you know, this thing on a, on a, on a great, you know, man, you know, the university was at a back at a national level, but like you said, it was two guys that came from totally different backgrounds uh, in terms of, you know, their, 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 their cultural upbringing. Um, but we were able to put all those things aside. Football, you know, allows you to do that, allows you to come together for a common goal um, for a common purpose. Um, and then you begin to understand, you know, the depth of each other and begin to see the similarities, you know, that you all have all along, man. And like you said, John Park and myself, man, that's a, a brother to me. 
um, you know, his kids, uh, you know, and their family. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for him. So like you said, when we see each other, man, it, it's definitely hugs. It, it's, it's not no, no dapping up and how you doing. You bring that thing in, man. Cause you know, <laughs> we committed to dapping. something. Um, and, 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 you know, and like we said, it goes beyond the game. So I'm, I'm super excited for his, you know, his post career as well. And, you know, we talk about life and everything else, man, we're texting all the time. So, you know, we're happy to see those guys doing what they're doing today in the brotherhood that continues to be created, you know, here at the university. Rashad Johnson's the sideline reporter, Crimson Tide Sports Network, works with our broadcast partner on this program, Chris Stewart. I wanted to ask post-college career, through your professional career and to today, who uh, from your college playing days do you still stay in close touch with, like two or three guys that are just really close? Yeah, uh, you know, close touch with, you know, today from my college team is uh, B.J. Stabler. Uh, I don't know if you know Big B.J. Uh, he was an oh, office yeah. lineman, um, you know, out of Clay County, Clayton County, if I'm not mistaken. Um, County, yeah. He had a big old green uh, SUV, man. When he was in college, I'll never forget it, the green machine. Um, but he <laughs> went on and did some things with the Chiefs, and now he's back at the university uh, working uh, as, in the alumni uh, chapter of things. Uh, he took over Tommy Ford's old position there. So he's done yeah, a lot the with the alumni affairs and, and helping and you know, the, the alums as they've graduated in the A club. So he's doing great things for the university now. Um, and Antoine Caldwell, uh, I don't know if you remember Antoine, two-time captain, uh, another center, uh, offensive lineman. We stay in, you know, really good touch together. You know, these are the same guys that I was tight with when we were here. Um, a lot of guys in that senior class, you know, we still have a, you know, a text thread that we just kind of catch up on. But Antoine and BJ are, are, are really the, the, the closest that I talk to on a consistent basis. And just like uh, Chris said just now, John Parker, you know, we, we talk pretty regularly also. I tell you, those are that that speaks to who you are and who they are, that you three guys are friends, because I don't know three better people than you, <laughs> you, BJ and Antoine. I'm serious. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal people and and that doesn't surprise me at all few minutes we got left let's go to saturday uh in in what you saw surprised at all at the level of execution we saw in day one i mean i want to say yes but then it's no it's because like yes because it was such you know, uh, in terms of the skill position positions, the guys who are making a lot of decisions, primarily the quarterback, uh, being a young starter, big stage uh, man, but he handled it with, with such confidence and such maturity. Um, but then, you know, the no on the other side of it is that, you know, what else would you expect, you know, being a kid as coach, you know, under Coach Saban and, uh, you know, and also, you know, the rest of the staff there. I mean, he's getting the best of the best week in and week out. Um, so I, I shouldn't have expected anything less than those guys to come out um, and execute to the level that they did, man, you know, all over the, over the field. It was a complimentary game. You know, the offensively, they made the right decisions. The O-line was very dominant in the run game, um, but also allowing Bryce plenty of time back there, you know, in the passing game. Um, and then defensively, man, you know, for, to pitch a shutout, you know, in the, in the first half, almost, you know, with the field goal late. Um, you know, but still, I thought they played really well, you know, got two turnovers. You always want to create turnovers and get more opportunities for your offense. So all the things that you want to see. And then Will Riker, you know, with the field goals, he was perfect again. Um, you know, so those things are all complimentary things to make you say, like, wow, you know, what what an excellent game. Um, 
you know, what a smooth game. It wasn't perfect, but no game is. But, you know, that one right there, you'll take week in and week out and, and, and bet on that you would, would be able to win. Not personally, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just saying you heard. Uh, yeah, you heard. <laughs> you heard. The loss of Chris Allen. Short term, mm. you can fix it. Long term, how tough is that going to be to replace? Yeah, uh, man, it, it, it is a you know a tough one, uh, long term. But I think you know you always look at your team. You know most great coaches. You know from my time playing on the Coach Saban, you know here at Alabama, Bruce Arians, the NFL. They always say you know your team is only as good as as, as your second depth. You're too deep. Um, you know, and Drew Sanders is pretty good. You know, when I looked at you know the stat sheet. Um, he got a chance to step in. Of course, you didn't watch the film. We don't know how he graded out in terms of the technique-wise of everything, um, but had six tackles, so he was third on the team in tackles, a couple quarterback hurries, um, and he has the talent, you know, from watching him on the field. So, you know, I think it's definitely a gap in terms of uh, just knowledge-wise, um, but skill set-wise, I think, you know, Drew brings a special skill set a little different from Chris, and not being that physical presence on the edge, um, but having that quick switch to be able to rush that passer, but also to be able to play out in the flats uh, in that passing game. So it's going to give us a little different dynamic there. So I think long-term um, it may not hurt us as, as much as it's going to hurt us short-term. Cause I think there may be a, just a learning curve, um, you know, for, for, for Drew early on and getting that opportunity. Cause you would want to sprinkle him in, you know, as the season went on, instead of having to throw him in the fire, but I'm, I'm happy with what I saw, you know, from him uh, in the short term right now. But I think long term, we won't have a won't be a big issue. The awesome Rashad Johnson, Bama great, and now sideline reporter for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Our guest here inside the press box, Mike Grace for Chris and for JD, reminding you that if you like what you hear on the press box, a couple things you can do for us: you can subscribe to this very podcast, so you will get the brand new ones every time they're out. And if you tell a friend, that'd be great. As well, they can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, plus iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever they find their favorite podcast. Tell them to simply search for Pressbox Radio One. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one for the Pressbox Podcast. And find us and like us on social media: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're all three places at Pressbox Radio One. Again, that's Pressbox Radio and the number one. Until next time, Mike Grace, thanking you for joining us here inside the Press Box.